At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. This morning, I'm finishing my series. It's only the third one. I was just had three parts to this. Um, talking about the value of connection. Uh, this next month, we'll have connect group signups, and in September, we'll start our connect groups again. We'll have um, connect equip classes, and we'll also have connect socials that we always do every, uh, every semester to help bring a connection in your lives to the body and the people of the body. It's vitally important. And um, in the um, last few weeks, we've talked about, last couple of weeks, we've talked about being connected to God and to the church and, and the importance of that. And we've talked about being connected to people and how, how your destiny is tied to the people that you connect with in life. Your destiny is tied to that. And it's really, really important that you connect with people that you meet and become acquainted with in church because people that you connect with other places don't have, they're not there for the same purpose. You know, there's, not, there's not, nothing wrong with having friends in other, in other streams or in, in other gatherings or whatever you have going on, social groups or whatever. Nothing wrong with having other friends, but it's vitally important that you connect with people in the church who are growing the same way. Because you're here today because you want God, right? And if, if you know, if you're, I don't want to name any group of people because then, so you know, I'll get in trouble for that or somebody will say something. But, you know, if you're, uh, um, yeah, if, uh, If you're part of the bad boy club, you know, and you want to be a bad boy, and so you go be around a bunch of bad boys, you know, they're not there to feed on the things of God's Word. Not that that group's not a, a good group, or maybe they accomplish some good things, but you've got to have the Word. You've got to have the Word. You've got to have God's Word. If you don't have God's Word, nothing else really matters. So, today I just want to look at a few things. And, like I said, we've talked about being connected to God and His church, being connected to other people. We talked about the, the connection between Ruth and Naomi uh, in the last couple of weeks. We talked about the connection between Jonathan and David, and how those connections advance their lives, actually save their lives. In, in, in different situations. I mean, it, it's actually, it can be the, the difference between life and death in the people that you connect with in life. You know why? Because in those two stories in the Bible, the reason that all of those people lived and advanced is because they were in the right place at the right time. There have been some times that David or Jonathan, either one, would have been in the wrong place had they not had each other. Same with Ruth and Naomi. God wants you to be in the right place at the right time and know how to hear the voice of God and do what God tells you to do. That's why being connected to other people is vital. 
Today, we're going to talk about, and the only way to get this is being connected to the church and to God, we're going to talk about our connection to the Word and how vital that that is. Proverbs 29 and 18, <clears throat> where there is no revelation, this is in the New King James, where there is no revelation, <clears throat> the people cast off restraint. I have a, a definition for the word restraint, and there's two pieces to it. In emotional behavior and self-control. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off self-control. They live and operate in emotional behavior. They make decisions from their emotions instead of from their spirit man. Where there's no revelation. But happy is he who keeps the law of God. In the Amplified in Proverbs 29, 18, it says this. Where there is no vision... <clears throat> No redemptive revelation of God. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish or they cast off restraint or they cast away from self-control and listening to the voice of God. They cast it away. Where there's no redemptive revelation of God. The word redemption, I've given you this definition in the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> The one we're working with is redemption is the act of or acting to save someone from evil, from error or evil. The act of saving someone from error or evil. Wrong way of thinking. Error. When you have the redemptive revelation of God, which is the Word of God preached and revealed by the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. When you have that working and you believe in it, you're delivered from error and evil. The word revelation is defined as the divine or supernatural disclosure to humans of something relating to human existence or the world. You take those three definitions, it boils down to this. You can choose to be disconnected, live an emotional lack of control, self-control life, living always being moved by everything that people do. Somebody says one thing or another and you're worked up and stirred up. You can live that life or you can live a life of restraint. And that restraint I'm talking about that comes from the Holy Ghost that is revealing inside of you the truth of God's Word, because where there's redemptive revelation of God, there's nobody perishing. We live in a nation today that from the head, uh, this is just my opinion, okay, you can like it or not, but from the head of this nation down, there's no vision. There's absolutely no vision over this country at the moment. But, this is my nation. Amen? And I'm, I have redemptive revelation. And I'm growing. 
and I'm on top, and I'm not underneath. Amen? And I'm declaring over this nation, and the people of this nation are what this nation is about. That's what the founding fathers saw. It was a nation of the people and for the people. Amen? And we are prevailing today in the name of Jesus. Did you hear what I said? The people are prevailing today in the name of Jesus. But we're not going to just prevail from a natural way of thinking. We've got to prevail with the activity of redemptive revelation working on the inside of us. It has to work. Can you say amen? It has to be constantly working in our lives. <clears throat> so, today, we're talking about, and for the last three, the, this week and the, the two previous messages, are about divine connections. And we're talking about a divine connection to the Word of God. So I want you to follow me on this just in the next few minutes. A divine connection to God and His church that He's building. A divine connection to the people of God, the right people in our lives, a divine connection, and a divine connection to the Word of God. Another definition of the word divine. Relating to or proceeding directly from God. So today, we're talking about what proceeds directly from God, from His Word. We've got to know what His Word says, and we've got to not just be hearers of the Word, not just meditators of the Word, not, not just people that confess the Word, not just people that pray the Word, but we've got to be people that do the Word. We have to be doers of the Word. But where there's no redemptive revelation, there's no vision, there's no understanding of that, there's perishing going on. There's perishing going on. So, follow me in these few passages of Scripture as we look at what His divine Word says. John 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory the glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's who He is. <clears throat> when, I was, when I was 17 years old, I was February, 
I don't remember the exact day, but I think it was about the 20th of February, somewhere around the 20th of February, 1977. I'd gone with a bunch of guys to a party, and which was normal for our lives at the time. And previous to that, I'd, just, I'd had connections with people trying to get over to me that God was real. You know, people, I had some people lived across the street. There was a, another girl that I had met, and she had shared some about Jesus and those kind of things. There was different people that had tried to get God over to me. And so I had been hearing bits and pieces of those kind of things, you know, but, you know, I'm busy doing my world and doing the things that I'm doing. But I'm at this party this one night, and... Uh, I won't get into all the details, but in this party, I smoked some stuff that was connected to some liquid and all this kind of thing, and it, it, it hit me like I don't know what. It was a rush to me, and, and I, I, I remember like falling out. I was in the back bedroom of this house, and I fell on this bed, and I thought, I mean, I don't know, I just had these thoughts you know, I could die from this. I didn't know what was going to happen. It was something, some stuff that I'd never taken before. And a friend of mine said it's really great. <clears throat> never take the opinion from a friend about something being great because that was not great. And as I'm laying there, I'm crying out to God. And I said, God, I need your help. If you'll help me right now, I'll, I'll, I'm going to follow after you. <laughs> One of those kind of confessions. And I mean like that. I sobered up. I mean, I just, it was like I hadn't been on anything. And for days after that, I kept thinking about that. God, I want to know you. I want to know who you are. I want to understand you. Nobody could tell me the things that I needed to know. Where did I find it? I found it in a church. I found it in a church from a guy that had long hair like I had. I thought, well, you know, maybe that guy knows something. And that guy kind of led me to the Lord, and then he took me. I went with this, this youth group, you know, and I went to this thing uh, in a little town called Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Elephant Butte Lake. And I'd been to Elephant Butte many, many times, but not to go hear the Word. And that night, I go into this place, and out walks this guy with a crew cut. And I'm thinking to myself, where are the exits? i got to get out of here. I ain't listening to this guy. He doesn't know nothing about nothing. The guy, because see, I decided to get connected to this church. And the guy came out behind the pulpit and he said, Hey, young people, my name is Charles Caps. I thought, What? Who? I don't know you. He said, I'm from England, Arkansas. I fly planes and I'm a farmer. But I'm here to teach you about the Word of God. And I stand here today 
because I chose to connect to a church. And the word I heard that night literally transformed my whole life. Just in one night. But I didn't get that from anybody else. I didn't get that in the high school I was at, and after I left my hometown and went to college, I didn't get any of that in the college. That I, I had to find a church. I had to find some place that they believed in the Word, and it took a while, and I did, and I found this place, and it revolutionized my life, and then I moved again, another town. And I had to find a church again, because nobody else in the businesses and the jobs and the places I work, nobody else taught me any of this. I had to find a church. Today, to this day, I'm so grateful for the church, and I'm so grateful for revelation from the Word of God, like I just read you, that the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. And He dwelt among us that night in Truth or, Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, somewhere in late February of 1977. The Word became flesh already, but that flesh through Charles Capps <laughs> manifested into my life, and it totally transformed my life. We have to be connected to God's Word or there's no life. You just exist. We have to connect to the Word of God or you just exist. Not too long after that, wasn't that night, but not too long after that. No, 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 it, it, no, it wasn't the other time, it was the night with Charles Capps. I heard this verse. John 3.16 for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What the heck does that mean? What? What does that mean? I don't know, but by the time that guy got through talking about it, and he asked people to come up front, I believe he believed it, so I believed it. That's how important it is for you and I to believe this. People's lives are weighing in the balance. Mine was. Charles Capps believed it, and he explained it. Because when I heard that verse read, I'm thinking, God did what with who, with how, and, wh and why? And when he explained it, I said, I want that. Changed my life forever. Where did I get that? Being connected to the church and becoming connected to the Word. This passage later on in my life became something so supernaturally real to me. It's found in Psalm 23 and verse 1. The Lord, he, He's my shepherd. Nobody ever taught me that. I found that out in church. I shall not want for anything, in, a, in other words. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. One translation says, your word and your spirit, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The revelation of that began 
the first time I heard that in the church. And that revelation has increased over the last 40 years plus years after I first heard this. It's totally increased. And there's revelation that's coming out of that like I've never seen before. And not too long ago, I read it in the Passion Translation and I got something new. Psalm 23 and 1 in the Passion. Yahweh... is my best friend and my shepherd. He's my best friend. Most of the time somebody says, well, you know, do you have a best friend? Yeah, my wife. But when I read that, I realized I need to be a better friend. He sees me as his best friend. I need to be better. But he's also my shepherd. Always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. That's where He restores and He revives my life. He opens before me the right path and leads me along in His footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to His name. Even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me. Someone shout amen to that. Ever. No matter what See, He's leading us in life, and there are times in life where He's leading you through. He didn't do the darkness. He didn't bring the darkness on you. He's leading you through it, but fear will not grip your life. Not when He's leading you. Fear has no place. Your authority is my strength, and it's my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. We know in the New Testament, perfect love casts out all fear. Where'd you get that from? I learned it in the church. I learned it in the church. And the word I have today, I owe totally to the Lord Jesus Christ because He's the builder of the church. When you build the church from the living word, you build the church on the Word, not on anything else. You cannot build a church on prayer. You can't build a church on worship. You can't build the church on any type of ministry. All those ministries are vitally important. But if you have no redemptive revelation from God, then you're building on prayer as you're perishing. You have to know how to pray from the Word. You have to know how to worship from the Word. You have to know how to do everything from the Word. And it's not just the Word, it's the Word revealed to you by the Holy Ghost. I will never be lonely, for you are near. I will never be lonely. I learned that. 
I never have to be alone. I'm never alone. I'm never by myself. I'm never, never, never by myself because he's with me. He said, I, he said, he said, I am with you and I will never leave you nor forsake you to the ends of the earth. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my cup overflows. So why would I fear the future? No fear of the future. Only goodness and tender love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Like I said, this revelation has progressed because I stayed connected to the church. Only way. You step out of the church. And you you understand what the church is. It's what he's building. Okay? There's congregations like Gates of the City all over the planet. You just have to be connected where God wants you. And it's not, well, you know, I just visit all kinds of... Ch- no, 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 that, 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 that stinks. I mean, I could use some other words, but not here in church. No. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know why? Because you have to believe in the house what the house is teaching. And you have to be convinced that what's being taught is right because you have the Holy Ghost and He'll show you whether it's right or not. And when you have that, then why would you want to step out of that? Because you take a step out, and all of a sudden, man, all them bad boys from the bad boys club, they're going to they're gonna come up with, you know, and, and most of the bad boys are good old boys. In all those clubs, all the people are good people. Yeah, you know, they're, they're nice people, and they do all that. Yeah, they do good works and all that. But you have no word, you're perishing. You have no redemptive revelation from God, you are perishing. That's why you stay over here, before long, you're going to be way over here. And before long, you don't even want to live. Because there's an ugly devil out there, and he's banking on the fact that he can throw enough circumstances in your path and along your way to discourage you, to get you out of the Word, get you out of church. Well, you know, Pastor Burt's not all that. He thinks he's all that. You know, he thinks he's this, that, and the other. He says this, that. I mean, come on. Whatever. You know, I mean, you can do whatever you want. Right? And you're going to do whatever you want. That's why you're sitting there and you're listening to me because I'm speaking on his behalf. And I'm telling you what he wants you to know so you won't step out. Remember, you need to be wherever God wants you. When you're planted in the house, you'll flourish in everything else you do. So you just got to be where you're supposed to be. But it's that connection that is truly your life source. Watch this one. Isaiah 54 and 17. No weapon formed against you 
shall prosper. Every tongue, and that's the weapon he's really talking about here is the tongue. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. I believe that's probably the best translation. And there's others that support it and even actually give it other words. But I believe that's the best translation there because, because when, when you, you're the one to condemn the voices by how you act and react. We've given definitions uh, about how people live in emotional behavior. They, they live in the lack of self-control. They do things from their emotions. They make decisions from emotions. But when you've got the redemptive revelation of God and it's controlling you, it's causing your emotions to be, to, to be calm. Everybody has emotions. But redemptive revelation in you begins to teach you how to keep your emotions at bay and keep them under control. And when you've got your emotions under control, then you're not moved by people that are cursing you, speaking ugly against you. You're not moved by that. And actually, you're in control to seeing that stuff shut down, especially when, as we teach around here, you start praying for those people. (laughs) You start speaking... Ephesians 1 and 3 and Colossians 1, the prayers there that Paul prayed for those churches. You start praying that over other people. It may not be tomorrow. The, the, the thing about God's way is it always takes longer. Dang it. Mm. If, he, if he would just consult me, I could help him to get there quicker. If he'd just come to me. But it never works out that way because he's always after the heart of a person. And he's actually always after the heart of both people. Sometimes your delays have to do with how well you're doing (laughs) and seeing that thing exposed in the other person's life so that they can be set free and delivered, not them exposed in front of everybody. Anyway. Every tongue that rises against, against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, said God. God's our protector. God's our vindicator. Can you say amen? The New Living Translation of that verse says, But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You know why? Because God's already brought your success. But it comes through redemptive revelation. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. Who will? You. Not by slapping them. Hmm? Not by getting on social media and, you know, I'm going to show them. I don't know what I'm doing with this. (laughs) I guess I'm on my computer on social media, except I've never gone on social media on my computer ever in my life. So... You get on social media, I'm going to show them. It's not what he's talking about. Mm -mm. No, see, because a redemptive revelation seeker, liver inner, doesn't act like that. He said, these benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication comes will come from me, 
I, the Lord, have spoken. I love that word vindication. One of the first words in vindication is, or, or statements in the, in the definition of vindication is, that of a judge. A judge vindicating you. <laughs> Not guilty. He's my vindication. He's got your back. He's got it all covered. If you'll just be connected to the church, be connected to the Word, be connected to the right people, moving and flowing and operating the way I want you to move and flow and operate. He said, I got your back. And not only that, you'll see what, what, what I've seen so many times is how God has used me to see the deliverance of other people, but they don't know it and nobody else knows it. It's because of you being faithful to do and believe things like this right here. Where did I learn this passage right here? It's been growing in me for the last 40 plus years. I've been saved for 45, but some of these verses of Scripture I didn't hear taught for years. Another one of my favorite Scriptures that I learned in the church, John 10.10. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, to destroy. I've come, Jesus said, this is John 10.10, Jesus is saying this, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. One translation, that you'd have life to the full, something, something, until it overflows. That's one translation. Until it overflows. To the full, until it overflows. That's the life He wanted you and I to live, I've been learning about that for the last 40 plus years. I learned that from the church. This is a great one here. Jeremiah 29, 11. Anybody know it? For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I was reading that in the Passion Translation not too long ago also. Gave me a new insight and new understanding. He's already got my future. And He's built in me the hope and the confidence and the faith that He has my future. Why would I fear anything? Where did I learn that? From the church. This is a great one I learned from the church. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who is my strength who strengthens me, but who is my strength. I can do all things. I can't do all things without Him, but when I'm connected to the church, to God, and I'm connected to His Word, and when I've received that, and it's growing in me, there's not anything I can't do because He's strengthening me. First mm. John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because He who is in you is greater than than he who's in the world. Who's in the world? 2 Corinthians 4 and something says that the devil, Satan himself, is the God of the system. And the way he's the God of the system is because, well, he's the God of the system in how much he controls the thinking of mankind. That's why my connection to the church affects the way I think. And if I don't deal with and come against the way I think, then I'm going to think like Him, and then He's going to be in control of my life. 
But greater is he that's in me, the potential's there if you're born again. Then you have to yield to it. And you yield to it through your connection to God, to his church that he's building, the people that God brings across your path, mainly through the church. Because people that are hungry for the same thing. Anybody ever connected with somebody in the church and it turned out to be a really bad relationship? Nobody? Wow. No, everybody. Multiple times. Right? So don't sit there in your pious, pompous attitude and say, yeah, well, I tried that and it didn't work. No, I tried again. Do it again. because you, you know why? Because you're dealing with fallen people. And you're one of them. People that have made mistakes and stuff. But we're the righteousness of God in Christ. Right? We've been born again. Yeah, right? We've been born anew a second time. And now, if we stay connected and value our connections to the things of God that we're talking about in these last three weeks, if we value those things, it keeps us strong. It helps us through. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, some of the darkest times, there's nothing to fear because He's leading us. He's there and never leave you to forsake you to the ends of the earth. I learned all of that from church. Romans 8 and 16. For the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we also may be glorified together. But it's the Spirit Himself, the Spirit of God. What, what the church taught me was, is that the Spirit of God is not an it. The Spirit of God is a He. It's a person. He lives inside of me. He knows everything about everything. And His name is the Helper. And He's here to help me. And that's what this next passage says. John 14 and verse 25. And I'll end with this. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. He will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And that's, listen, what we read in Psalm 23 in the Passion, Yahweh is my best friend. Two, two years ago this October, my pastor moved on to a greater place. And I can't tell you how many times that my wife and I have said, man, I needed to talk to Pastor John. I don't know how many times we've said that. Man, do I need to talk to Pastor John. And the Holy Spirit said to me time and time again. I'm here. I'm here. I need to be a better friend. I need to be a better pursuer. 
You develop that. You just, it's not a pressure. You just develop it. He's not mad at you. He's not mad at us. He's not mad at your mistakes or you're not, you know, the, the Bible says, draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. Well, that's an absolute truth. And if you're not drawing and you haven't drawn, just start drawing. He's not mad at you. But look what, he'll, what, look what He's available to do for us. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. Jesus is saying that on that side of the cross. On this side of the cross, He's already come, and that's what He's here to do. He's here to do what? What I'm just saying right here. Teach you all things. Bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. What is that? That's redemptive revelation being revealed to you on a day-to-day basis. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. What? What? Not, Not just any kind of peace, not some leftover peace, right? Not, not some worn out peace, not some used car type peace, but it's brand new every day. And he said, It's mine. I've been tested and tried at all points, yet without sin, able to come to your aid, and here I am. I'm here to give you my peace when you need it, because my peace is already in you. Because I'm in you, my peace is already there. And he said, not as the world gives, because the world has strings attached to peace. Let not your heart be troubled, neither neither let it be afraid, ever. No fear, no trouble, no terror, no nothing. No, because we have him. And He's leading us. And though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, so there's difficult times at times, I fear no evil. Because He's with me. His Word and His Spirit, mm, they comfort me. You know what I'm thankful for today? I'm so, so absolutely thankful over the last 45 years that I didn't quit. I didn't do this. Oh, man, I was tempted, you know? I mean, there are times when I'm like this, and my leg was tired. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, because, and why, why do you want to do this? Because you don't like this, you don't like that, you're frustrated, these things are going on, and you're like this. Just, just don't do this and keep going. And even if you took this step and you stepped out for a while or whatever, just get back. Just get in it. Stay in it. It's your life. There's no life outside of this. What we're talking about today, there's no life. I'm telling you, I am so committed to making sure that every time you show up here, that you're getting something from Him, not me. I promise you. I I, I promise you, and I give you this promise today. If you show up and I've got nothing, we go home. Or somebody else will preach. He's so faithful. He's, he's my best friend. He's so faithful. And the word preached has to be the main, it has to be the main source of input in one, in one area of input into your life. You're studying, you're, you're reading and resourcing and all those kind of things are vital. 
But you have to hear the word preached because the Bible says that. And when you hear the word preached, and then you do something with that, and then you begin to meditate on that word, and the Holy Spirit begins to reveal it to you. And in your, in your meditation, you begin to create declarations and confessions out of your mouth. You're hearing yourself say what God's word says. That builds you even more. You learn to pray it because confession and true prayer is not the exact same thing. They're very close, but they're not the exact same thing. You have to learn how to pray the Word. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we have to become doers of the Word. You can hear it. You can meditate on it. You can confess it. You can pray it. But you have to make the choice in difficult times to do the Word. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.